everybody. Welcome back to another Star Wars podcast. I'm Melissa, and today we are going to do a very short review of Ahsoka Episode 5, Shadow Warrior. So as you guys may have noticed, Matt has been out for the count the last few days. Sorry, my microphone is being weird. Um, Matt's been out for the count the last few days. He and his wife just welcomed their first daughter on September 13th, 2023. Um, Mom and baby are doing great. The baby's name is Lois and Matt could not be happier right now. So that's where he is and he's completely adjusting to this new phase of life. So he's really focusing on his family right now as he should be. And as a result, I will be handling the podcast's until he gets back. I don't really know when that's going to be, so he might be out for the rest of the Ahsoka series, but it really just depends on where he's at, how he's adjusting, how the baby's doing, how his wife is doing. So um, while he's over there, you guys are stuck with me. So like I said, today I'm going to give a very short review of what I thought of Ahsoka episode 5. I don't really see a point in doing this whole big massive breakdown. When I do breakdowns, I usually like to have somebody that I can play off of and have a rapport with. So I'm just gonna give a very short, simple, sweet review. Um, this is a little late and I apologize for it. It's been a crazy week and it is really weird for me to be making videos without a co-host. So just please have patience with me. But without further ado, let's get into Ahsoka episode five, Shadow Warrior. Weirdly enough, by the way, guys, there is a Clone Wars episode with the same name, Shadow Warrior. It's a season four episode and it's with Jar Jar Binks. And weirdly enough, it's like one of my favorite episodes of Clone Wars. I don't really know why. <laughs> it just cracks me up because the whole episode takes place on Naboo with Anakin and Padme and Jar Jar and like working with the Gungans to fight back against the Separatists. It's just Phantom Menace vibes random but it's one of my favorite arcs and i just thought it was funny that it matched up with this episode's title right off the bat i think i'll talk about the massive thing that everybody's discussing on this episode which is hayden christensen coming back not just as revenge of the sith anakin skywalker but clone wars anakin this was easily the highlight of the episode for me uh, hayden christensen has really been through a lot of flack in his role as anakin skywalker a lot of it I shouldn't say a lot of it. All of it is of which is completely unfair. I do think that fans have a tendency to target the actors and not the writing when in reality it's really the writing they should be targeting or the directorial choices. I really don't think it should have anything to do with the actor. But that being said, I think Hayden absolutely crushed this role in this episode. In fact, I really think that this is Hayden Christensen's best performance as Anakin Skywalker throughout the entire Star Wars saga. The second he came into the frame, he just stole every single scene for me. I mean, not only is it super surreal that we get him back, like looking at the guy, I just feel the epitome of my childhood come to light. Like it just floods me with all these emotions about the way the prequel trilogy made me feel as a little kid. And to have him come back on screen is just like this weird coming home in a way and it makes me really emotional like by the time I got to my third fourth watch of this episode I found myself actually tearing up at just seeing this guy in this episode and he just makes me really nostalgic and it just warms my heart that he has had such a triumphant return to Star Wars and 
just in general, I think his presence just really elevated the quality of this episode for me. I also was really impressed with the de-aging. I was a little bit worried about it last week when he first appeared on screen because it was only a few seconds, but you could definitely tell that they had touched up his features in some places. But I didn't think it was over the top at all. I think it was very nicely incorporated. I think they de-aged him where they knew they had to de-age him and then where they needed to show a little bit of age, they left it. So uh, kudos to the Lucasfilm VFX team. I think that they really did a very beautiful blend of VFX and then Hayden Christensen being a 45, 46-year-old man. I really think that they struck that perfect balance quite nicely. And I didn't feel like I was watching a CGI Anakin. It, It really felt super seamless to me. The highlight of this episode for me by far was... Hayden's appearance as Clone Wars Anakin. First of all, if you guys have not seen my reaction video, go over and watch it, but I was so stunned, I didn't even know what to say. Like the second he came into that frame and he goes, forward, I I was just having this moment of, oh my God, is this actually happening? Are we getting Clone Wars era Anakin? Um, His hairstyle, his costume, his mannerisms, oh my God, everything was on point and Honestly, like for me as a massive Clone Wars fan and somebody who grew up on the Clone Wars animated series from the time I was like, I don't know, it came out I think when I was 14 years old and it ended when I was 18. So I was like Ahsoka's age, like I grew up with that show. So I kind of grew up with Ahsoka, but to see Hayden take Clone Wars era Anakin and make the transition to live action so seamless, it really tells me that he took it super seriously and he watched Clone Wars episodes and really tried to manifest that in his performance. Like there was no adjustment for me. I mean, obviously there are some pretty big differences between Clone Wars era Anakin and then Hayden Christensen's performance of Anakin. They definitely changed the character to suit the story that they were trying to tell in Clone Wars, but Hayden just made it seem so seamless. Like there was no adjustment for me. There was no point when I was sitting there and I was going, Ah, that doesn't really feel like the character. It was just, it was so smooth. Like the way he was talking to Ahsoka, the way he was, um, the the mannerisms, you know how jokey and sarcastic Clone Wars Anakin can be? And Hayden turns around and, he, and she goes, are you joking? And he goes, yeah, I'm joking. He talks with his hands. It was just, it was so perfect. I, I could not... I I don't know how they could have done it better. Truly, I don't know how they could have done it better. So I think, I mean, I've already talked for like nearly seven, eight minutes on how great Hayden Christensen is. But like in this episode, guys, I really, really think that they nailed his performance and his interpretation of uh, Clone Wars era Anakin, but also Anakin at this point in his life. I know there's been some debate if this was like a memory that Ahsoka conjured up or if it really was him and... I think it was really Anakin. I think he was really coming to her and being like, hey, um, get your shit together. (laughs) You need to fight back because you have a choice in life and you can live or you can die. What are you going to pick? And I guess this can be the segue into the next part of the episode that I wanted to talk about. But I really did like the message of choosing to live or choosing to die. I mean, my dad said something to me about this episode and he said, I love the dichotomy of Anakin switching between good Anakin and then Darth Vader. He he went on to say that like Anakin during his life chose death. He chose to kill. He chose to murder all these people and do all these terrible things um, because he believed by doing that, 
he could get this power to save the people that he loved. And even later in life, like he, he had given up on life when he became Darth Vader. He was like, I've done all these terrible things. I can't go back. And when Luke confronts him in Return of the Jedi, Luke goes, no, you still have a chance. And he, he throws his lightsaber to the side and he's like, I'm not turning to the dark side. I love my father. And Vader like has this moment of, oh my God, my son loves me. And he realizes then that he still has a choice to do the right thing. So in that way, Luke helped Anakin choose life. And when Anakin chose to live again, he ultimately makes the, the sacrifice to pick up Palpatine and throw him down the shaft, even though it costs him his own life. He chose life at the end, and therefore that's why he was redeemed after all of the terrible stuff that he did, because he still made a choice to do something good at the end, and Luke helped him realize that. And in this beautiful way, you have that... It's poetry, it rhymes. Um, in this beautiful way, you have Anakin reaching out to Ahsoka and saying, you gave up. And you need to, life is not going to be easy. It's going to suck and it's going to be hard, but you have to choose to pick up your lightsaber and fight back. And pause. There's a little damn lawnmower again. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. He helps Ahsoka realize, like, you have to fight back. There's going to be terrible loss and suffering and you're going to go through bad situations, but that doesn't mean you give up and you you don't become a victim of life. You you grab life by the reins and you take control and you get to choose what kind of person you're going to be. You're not a victim of life. You get to choose how your life is going to turn out. And I really thought that that was such a beautiful message to convey from master to apprentice. So I really do think that that was Anakin in the end. I don't think that that was just some kind of random force vision. I really do think it was him. I also really liked the fact that the world between worlds in this episode was used as a prop and not so much a story beat, I think. <laughs> Damn lawnmower. Where the world between worlds is concerned, you have to be extremely careful because I think it's borderline capable of turning into time travel. And if you're not careful, you can kind of get it to turn into this Marvel story plot thread. And I really appreciated the fact that it was treated just as the location and not as the let's jump through portals at different points of time. It's like, yeah, Ahsoka went back and she had memories and she experienced those memories as her younger self, but it wasn't like this, we're going to jump through portals and do this time travel thing. Oh, okay. Another thing that we can talk about real quick is Ariana... Greenblatt? Is that her name? Let's look up her last name real quick because I'm so bad with names. Ariana Greenblatt played the young Ahsoka Tano. She played Ahsoka Tano at the beginning of the Clone Wars and she played Ahsoka Tano at the end of the Clone Wars. It really took me a minute to adjust to her as the younger version of Ahsoka. I think by the time I got to my third watch, I was like, okay, yeah, I can buy this. I think that she did a really really, really good job as young Clone Wars Ahsoka. I think she has that energy. I think she has the right voice. I think her mannerisms were on point. I loved her subtle acting. You know, the scene where she goes over and she sits by the clone that's been injured and she grabs his hand. She makes this really specific facial expression that just said a lot. And I was pretty impressed with her for the most part as like the young Clone Wars Ahsoka. I think she had really good chemistry with Hayden Christensen. I think that she she really embodies Ahsoka's like youthfulness and energy and innocence and her questioning nature. And 
I think for young Clone Wars Ahsoka, she did a really, 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 really good job. And I infinitely liked her more by my third watch than I did the first time. Where I'm struggling is I wasn't entirely convinced with her as Clone Wars Siege of Mandalore Ahsoka. And my reasoning for that is not because I think she did a bad job. I just think that for Siege of Mandalore Ahsoka, Siege of Mandalore Ahsoka is vastly different than Clone Wars Season 1 and 2 and 3 Ahsoka because Ahsoka's been through so much at that point. She's seen so much crap. She got kicked out of the Jedi Order. She's become very reserved. She has this maturity about her. She's very young, but she she acts so much older than her age. And so for that, I don't know if Ariana Greenblatt was the best choice for Siege of Mandalore Ahsoka just because the character there is supposed to have she's supposed to seem a lot older she's supposed to seem very mature for her age she's supposed to seem very adult and it just felt like it was still this little child and it wasn't enough to ruin the episode for me but it did bother me so I do kind of wish they had picked a different actress I know there were rumors going around at some point that the the actress Savannah Savannah Stein from House of the Dragon was going to play Siege of Mandalore Ahsoka at one point, or maybe she was going to play Ahsoka fighting Anakin on Mustafar. I heard rumors of that going around. I think that would have been a little bit more appropriate. Again, not to say that Ariana Greenblatt did not do a good job. She crushed young Clone Wars Ahsoka, but I just don't get the impression that she was the best choice for the Siege of Mandalore Ahsoka. It just feels like there needed to be a more mature actress for that specific part. Again, it didn't ruin the episode for me. I know I'm probably going to get flack for this, but that's just my opinion. I just, I would have preferred to see a little bit older of an actress in that role since she did come off like she was still the same character that we had seen in the younger Clone Wars flashbacks. Other points of talking in the episode. Let's see, what else, what else, what else? Hewing's great. I mean, I, I know I've said this in my last few breakdowns with Matt, but I love Hewing. I think he's the heart and soul of Ahsoka. It's interesting to see a droid with that much personality that really, really cares about his friends and um, really wants what's best for him. And I, I really enjoy that character, and I think a large part of it is due to the fact that David Tennant plays him, and David Tennant is such an incredible actor, so um, no complaints with that character there. He's perfect. Again, I know I'm going to get flagged for this, but I have to tell you guys, I'm not crazy impressed with Hera's interpretation in live action. Again, she's kind of a minor character, so I don't know if I care that much, but like her lines just... I feel like it's a combination of the dialogue that's written for her and her line delivery, but a lot of her lines feel really forced. I'm not crazy about the the choice of actress for that role. I feel like a lot of elements of Hera's character that were there in animation are just not here now. Like a big part of Hera's character is she's extremely matronly. She's very loving. She's very warm and kind and like, and I get time can change characters. I understand that, but like there's nothing really connecting me to her animated version and then her live action version like I still think we should be able to see the thread that connects those two characters and for me it's just not there I still think she's a terrible mom for bringing her kid on a mission but I guess the excuse for that this episode is the fact that Jason was a significant plot point to finding Ahsoka so I'm willing to forgive it in that sense I think that the kid actor who plays Jason is spot on I think they did a good job casting him I like the fact that they finally mentioned Kane in this episode. Thank God. It's so weird that they haven't mentioned him up, up until this point. 
I think that Carson's response to when Ewing's like, yes, um, Jason's father, Kanan Jarrus, was a Jedi. And Carson's like, okay, like, why do I care? <laughs> and then moves on. Okay. So that made me laugh. That was pretty funny. Carson's just like the guy that keeps coming back. There's, they just really like that character. They might be hammering him into the ground a little bit, but I liked him. Um, I thought his response was funny. So I have kind of three, I don't want to say major quips, uh, not quips. I have three criticisms of this episode. Number one being, while I did love every single scene with Anakin and Ahsoka, I did feel like it was incomplete. Like I, I felt like we were cut off in the middle of a really, really good concept and it didn't really feel like a finished arc, if that makes sense. I do feel like they rushed the whole, now she's Ahsoka the White plot thread, which I thought was gonna be a little bit more major. Like, like she has this one run-in with Anakin and she's like, well, okay, now that you've said it, um, I guess I'm fine. Again, I didn't hate it, but I feel like we needed more development there. And I really, really hope that that is the, not the last time we see Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker, because I feel like they really need to bring it full circle. And I did feel like the whole Ahsoka the Grey to Ahsoka the White was a little bit rushed and in favor of like, okay, well now we actually got to go find Sabine and go get Ezra because now they're launched in that other galaxy. And I feel like a lot of that is the result of this show only being eight episodes and the fact that they've only given themselves 30 to about 45 minutes up until this point to tell the story. Like, I feel like they could have written that in a way that was a bit more impactful and a little bit more earned because as of right now, I don't feel like we've earned this spot where Ahsoka's like, okay, well, I'm fine now. I'm Ahsoka the White. All it really took was like a couple scenes with Anakin and now I'm good. I just find it weird that they like didn't have a conversation about the fact that he was Vader or how she's carrying around all that grief thinking if I had stayed, would I have been able to save him? So I think for me, I wish we could have seen a little bit more of that development. And I'm going to be honest, if we don't see any more of Anakin in the show, I feel like that's going to come off as a huge missed opportunity for me personally, because I feel like they need to just do a little bit more. I think they need to really kind of complete that arc and make it come full circle. And it doesn't really feel like their, their conversation is done, if that makes sense. But Again, that's a concern I have. It's it's a minor criticism, but it's just a concern I have moving forward. I do feel like the Purgil scene went on a lot longer than it could have. <laughs> I mean, I really felt like there were just 20 minutes of whales in space and, oh, look at how beautiful the whales are. And now I'm gonna force talk to this whale and we're gonna land inside its mouth and take off. Like, okay, if you could have just force connected with them, Ahsoka, why didn't you just do that from the beginning? Like, if you knew that Ezra had made a connection with the space whales and you can force connect to other creatures, why didn't she just do that at first? Doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, and I think that's kind of a pretty big plot hole, so I think they could have explained it better why they weren't able to jump to another galaxy. Like, if Ahsoka could have done that from the beginning, which they're making it out to be, um, that just kind of came off a little dumb. And I think that could have been written better. Ahsoka's new attitude, I'm looking at my notes right now. Again, Ahsoka's new attitude, you know, like she's just been baptized from being Ahsoka the Grey where she had all of her sin and now all the sin was washed away and she became Ahsoka the White. Like, that's great and I love that concept and it's so good because it pays homage to Lord of the Rings. 
But again, can we develop this more? Because it really just felt like she went from, oh, I'm sad and I'm depressed and I'm reserved and nobody can get close to me. And then all of a sudden it's like, bam, I'm happy, I'm smiling and everything's great now. Like it just, it felt like a a pretty jarring shift. And I, I do think that they could have told that a little bit better. So again, it's not like a huge quip, but I feel like they're rushing through some of these scenes where they're not really giving them the place to to breathe and really work their way through them and, and really tell a moving story about grief and how it can latch on and really turn you into this, this miserable person and you let that grief wash away so you can get to that next phase of your life. I love that concept, but I don't think they executed it here as well as they could have. In general, I really liked this episode a lot. I had a lot of fun with it. I have a few nitpicks about the show so far. I mean, we are halfway through the series at this point. We only have three episodes left, so I feel like it's fair to give some judgments on things like Hera. I don't love her. I think Ahsoka herself has just been this wishy-washy kind of character. I don't hate it, though. Like, it's just that I feel like some plot threads could be a little bit better. Um, that being said, every scene with Anakin and Ahsoka in this episode, I, I truly, 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 truly loved. Seeing Hayden on screen turns me back into this little kid. He had, I thought he had really nice chemistry with both Rosario and Ariana as those two different versions of Ahsoka. Like the line where Ahsoka's like, looks like you don't have much left to offer. And he goes, I didn't teach you everything yet. And then cuts the ground out from underneath her like yes that's Anakin and Ahsoka like Rosario's little like quippy mannerisms like I there she is I can see Ahsoka and it's so great and Hayden being Hayden I just love the guy so much and then Ariana when she when, she, when she's quipping with Clone Wars Anakin it's just like yes that is it that's the vibe and all of a sudden I'm having this realization that I didn't bring up my boy Captain Rex. How could I not talk about Captain Rex? Captain Rex, literally probably like 10 seconds of screen time total. Don't care. Totally worth it. Tamora Morrison had like two sentences of dialogue as Captain Rex. Perfect. Give me more of that. Which by the way, where is Rex? Is he safe? Is he all right? Where is my dynamic with Ahsoka? He and Ahsoka are besties. I need more of that dynamic. You guys have heard me talk about this in other episodes on the show and during my live streams, but that concept art that Dave Filoni did of Ahsoka and Brax traveling together post-Endor, whatever that is, I need that in this show immediately. <laughs> and maybe we will, because she's in her white garb in that concept art. So crossing fingers. I enjoyed this episode. Couple little nitpicks here and there, but seeing Hayden Christensen again was 100% the highlight loved all of the scenes in the world between worlds loved the message on choosing whether to live or die i think it's a very poignant powerful message that can apply to anybody in their in their everyday lives because life is hard and it can suck but that doesn't mean that you should give up you need to keep fighting back because life is worth living and i really think that that was the message that anakin was trying to hammer home to ahsoka and i really appreciated it i just want to see more i really want to see this fleshed out. So I hope they bring Anakin back. I would love to see that. Uh, what did you guys think of this episode? I'm really curious to hear your thoughts. I've heard a lot of great thoughts all around this week. You guys didn't really respond on the community page, which is totally fine. No questions this week, but I would really love to hear your opinions of this episode and what you think Anakin's lesson to Ahsoka was. Like, what did that mean to you? What are some things that you thought about because I, I love the theories that can go surrounding Star Wars shows, and I'm really interested to see like 
what ideas and concepts that people conjure up because that makes uh, engaging with the show that much more fun. And I, I learn a lot from seeing other people's theories. So please drop a comment and let me know. Like, I'm genuinely curious to see what you guys thought. I almost forgot to mention an, another sequence that I really liked in this episode were the transitions between Anakin and Darth Vader. The first being when they're in the Clone Wars and Ahsoka is watching Anakin walk away and it flashes from Anakin to Vader and then it flashes back. And then the second point where he walks out toward her and he's like, you lack conviction and then flashes between Vader and, and Anakin Skywalker again. I, th I think in doing that and really showing those flickers between Vader and Anakin is they're showing you the contrast between life and death. Like the Anakin who chose life and then the Anakin that chose death and then ultimately how Anakin at the end of his life chose to live again because of his son Luke being like, yeah, you have the opportunity to make a choice here. And so I think the use of that and the symbolism of that was super, super cool. And uh, I, that left me geeking out a little bit. I've watched that scene where he goes, you lack conviction so many times. It was so good. Also the sequence where Ahsoka grabs the red lightsaber from Anakin and she holds it close to his throat. And then for a brief second, you can see the Sith eyes start glowing, like her eyes start glowing Sith. And it really, I think that highlights the fact that Ahsoka, she was definitely gearing towards something maybe a little bit more dark side than light. So that's that's kind of my interpretation and how I took that scene in general. But then she throws the lightsaber to the side and she says, I choose to live. And then Anakin goes, ah, now you're starting to get it. And he gives her that really adorable smile. And then he fades and leaves and you're just left going Hayden come back we need more of whatever this is this is so good it was so good that that whole sequence was seriously so good I'm sure I'm gonna have a lot of thoughts later on this episode that I didn't share here which is gonna be incredibly frustrating but it's whatever like and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already again it's probably gonna be me for a while Matt is a wall with his wife and his brand new daughter as he should be adjusting to this new exciting phase of life but that does mean that you guys are going to be stuck with me for a while so uh like and subscribe stay tuned for the next reaction video on tuesday night there will probably be another live stream drop a comment let me know your thoughts i'm genuinely so curious to hear them what did you think of this episode if i were to rate it i would say it is probably anywhere between 8.7 and a 9. I just want, I don't know, the, the ranking of this episode might drop in comparison to other episodes or it might go up in comparison to other episodes. So I guess we can re revisit it in the grand scheme of things when the show finishes, but we only have three episodes left. How do you feel about the direction the show is going? What are some things that you would like to see? I, I would be so interested to hear them. Thank you for checking out this video. I know it's a short breakdown today. I don't even know if I'd really call this a breakdown, 30 something minutes, but these are my thoughts on the episode. Overall, I really enjoyed it. What a treat. I really never thought we were gonna get to see Clone Wars in live action, but man, what a feeling. It was, it was awesome. I will see you guys in the next video. See you guys later.